episode 402 before we um get into it let me just start off by saying yeah yeah taylor i know my sixers lost blah 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 but your celtics are down 2-0 right now so or 0-2 excuse me to the miami heat and playoff jimmy so we're both gonna be on the couch in a few games it looks like no i think uh, i think it was more the celtics kind of just knowing that we were going to be doing episode 402 mm-hmm. so they went down 02 mm-hmm. kind oh, of match up they're with, that good yeah no 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 i think i think we're that good uh, that they were like oh they're at 402 you, know, you got to win four games we're going to go down 02 come on joe mazula take notes plan. bro he needs to do something <laughs> what does he need Whatever, to do man he's hanging out are you are you <laughs> <laughs> try to watch the game instead of actually coaching it yeah i mean i don't we've talked about it a million times at length i don't i'm certainly not a person like when i'm watching the game i might like say something you know what i mean but at the end of the day i know that i'm not an nba coach mm-hmm. and i wish uh you know 98 percent of twitter would understand that they're not an nba coach and that they don't they don't know better than the coaches and they've also never been in the situation where they need to make all of the decisions for a professional basketball team in the playoffs. And so you sitting at home, either alone or with whoever you're watching with, with no stakes at all is a little different than being on the sidelines actively doing it. But no, I mean, the Celtics are, they're in a bad spot, but they also, for some reason, play much better on the road in the playoffs than they do at home, which yeah, is completely backwards from how you're supposed to go. I mean, they have five home losses this playoffs alone and they're no other team left. At, um, at home now. Yeah. I think they're like 10 and 12 in the last 22 games or something like that. Like, they just don't win at home, and then they have the worst scenario possible and go on the road, and they're like, oh, yeah. We, this is this is how you play basketball. We got this. Like, this is easy. <laughs> this is great. And so we're going back to the hotel. Yeah. They love a business trip. Yes. Most most guys are like, oh, I want to get home to sleep in my own bed. And they're like, nope. My bed sucks. Nope. Yeah. Feels like feels like rocks. I gotta I, I ordered a, a new uh mattress topper and it hasn't come in yet. That's why I'm shooting over six at home. Yeah, exactly. I we figured it out. So I don't I feel way better now in the last five minutes than I did last night. <laughs> sure. Okay. Well, you know, in an effort to make you feel a little worse, sorry. Um they're going to Miami. So, you know what happens in Miami on business trips. And they still win, though. Okay, that's fair. I'm, I'm going to use that next time someone says, James Harden parties too much. He still won, though. Um, anyway. Um, he didn't. He, I mean, he won enough to get to the playoffs. <laughs> he won more than a lot of people's favorite I think they players. should make a ring. I think they should make a ring for that. For one that, enough I, to get to the playoffs. I agree. Honestly, yeah, dragging poverty franchise Houston to the playoffs for many years deserves its own ring. I think so. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Take the take the picture like Bill Russell with the eleven rings, but it's like just for eleven playoff appearances. And it'll be another. Um, it'll be another facility where his jersey gets hung up in Houston. There's not. What do you mean? Uh, oh, you forget it. I'll I'll let you. You're gonna realize what I just said. Either when we when you rewatch this episode, and you're gonna be like, "Oh," and I'm just gonna let you have that. Moment. I mean, I assume that he has paid his way to having his jersey in a lot of facilities. That's, in Houston, that's Texas. what I mean. That's what I mean. Okay. Uh, All right. I was like, 
What? I was like, what? Can the I, Rockets can I, can get I a get new practice home? facility? <laughs> I mean, if they did, he's probably going to pay for it at this point. He's, 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 I think like... he still has the keys to the old one. Oh, they traded sure. him. They're like, come back anytime. Sure. Oh, yeah. Anytime. When they, hey. traded, when they traded him, that's literally what they said. Yeah. I mean, which is I... crazy. And I don't, gotta I don't get know it how you I'm, can, I guess. Yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna sit through James Harden and Jalen Green for 82 games. I'm gonna be honest. I, I mean, they're gonna get that. they're gonna get Jalen Brown. They're gonna get, I mean, you've seen the photoshops, they're <laughs> oh, getting yeah. everybody, man. Yeah, Jalen Jalen Brown would be something that would be enough for me to be like, oh, okay, I'm I'm back on the Houston bandwagon. Um, that being said, how do you feel about Grant Williams the last two times that everyone recognized that he was talking shit to somebody getting owned? The first time was when he was. Oh, the first, the first time. I don't know what he was supposed. Like Donovan Mitchell was like. Oh, was it Donovan Mitchell? It was Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell was walking in front of him, like trying to get him to interact. So, like, whatever. I didn't. The end result of that one looked terrible, but I mean, people this time he was the only Celtic who showed any fire in the entire fourth quarter. And I mean, he went face to face with Jimmy. Everyone else seems terrified of Jimmy. His teammates didn't back him up at all, which was really disappointing because it's like. Come on, it is the fourth quarter. You're up nine. He's, I mean, he scored the last three field goals for them. Grant, I don't like everyone's like, oh, he poked the bit. Like, oh, yeah, Jimmy Butler is just going to forget to ter- show up in the fourth quarter. Noted, noted fourth quarter disappearer, Jimmy Butler. He, <laughs> like, come on. It's not, and it's also not like he like scored 25 points in the fourth quarter after that. Like, he was having a good game and then did what Jimmy Butler does. I mean, and I would rather have Grant face to face with Jimmy Butler. Than whatever the hell Malcolm Brogdon's been doing, where he tries to guard him. But yo, know, you know, similar to our commercial, we got we got music to talk about, man. I can't. <laughs> okay, my my last final point is that it's just hilarious to me how Grant went back and forth, and then with Jimmy, and then literally two plays later, he's taken off of Jimmy. Uh, that that's just hilarious. Well, because he was never the Jimmy matchup. Like Tatum was guarding you know, him pretty yeah. much all game. Yeah, and and so that one just happened, and I mean, uh, Grant is one of the only guys that didn't help on Jimmy with in like whatever. It's it it's just it's it's it is what it is. I mean, he's the best playoff performer left right now. This and will he, be one of the most impressive rings if Jimmy can pull it off. Yeah, and he's deaf by he's deaf by a million paper cuts. Like yeah. he's not hitting threes. He's not you know when Tatum scored fifty one against Philly, it's like oh he's stepping back hitting threes whatever it's like and jimmy butler just dribbles either to the baseline or dribbles to the elbow does a fall away jumper on the baseline or a fall away jumper from the elbow and it goes in every time even when he like loses the ball on the way up he just like pushes it in and it's like all right what are you gonna do with it they need to play better on all in all facets so i mean last night jalen brown al horford and marcus smart kind of had really tough games each, and you know, in the playoffs, you can't have three or five starters not not playing well. Not at all. All right, moving on. As you said, we do have music to talk about. Welcome to the Cap Podcast. This is episode four hundred two. I am your host Nate Sperlin. That is Taylor McLeod. Thank you for watching on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and more. Do us a favor, hit the like button and subscribe to the channel. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Old Milk Media. And check out all the Old Milk content on oldmilk.co. You see this beanie right here? Really nice beanie. You can get it on oldmilk.co. Just saying. Um, It's your weekly tour through hip-hop. That being said, Taylor, how are you doing today? I mean, we went through it. In in, in the sports world, sports fan me, not doing great. But me in general, you know, I can't complain. I'm not going to lie. That's exactly how I want it to be. I want it to be that way forever. I'm not going to lie. See, I used to be able to not separate those two things, 
but as I get older, it gets a little easier to to separate the two. Maturation, man. That's that's what we want to see. We want to see growth. Yeah, something like that. Feel something me? like that. All right. So we are going to move on to our first segment of the podcast, and that will be our power rankings of albums that we've listened to this week. Uh, Taylor, do you want to go first? Yeah, so I have two of the same ones from last week, which when we were doing this on Instagram last year, it was it was that way a lot. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, so I'll put Great Escape, Alchemist, Larry June, three, um, Ways of Knowing, Navy Blue, two, and kind of in line with another episode we're going to record soon, Goodbye and Good Riddance by Juice World. kind of knowing the fifth anniversary was coming up. I've been playing that a lot um, in my headphones while I'm at work. While I'm, you know, outside, inside, in the car. So I've definitely playing that a lot and mo- in preparation for us to talk about it, but also kind of just reminding myself how solid and how how good of an album that really is, especially considering that it was a, a debut project from like an 18, 19 year old kid. Yeah, for sure. Um, On my end, I have Rich's Op by NBA Youngboy number three. And then I have Goodbye and Good Riddance by Juice World number two. Uh, like Taylor said, that will be episode 403 uh, that we talk about Um, Juice, Juice World and Goodbye and Good Riddance. Um, also really good album. Uh I I'm I'm not even gonna spoil it. Moving on, number one, I still have SOS by SZA. Like I said, that's gonna dominate the whole year. And so many great checks. Kill Bill, Far, um, F2F, Notice Me, uh special, just so many great tracks on there. So um you'll definitely catch me in the shower like singing out SZA for the next three or four months, maybe. Um, but yeah, all right. Now we are going to get to our verses, and this verses once again will be about Amine, and we are going to compare two tracks. We're going to compare Caroline and Reel It In. Um, between Caroline and Reel It In, Taylor, which one do you prefer? Uh, Reel It In, and it's not not particularly close. I think that Caroline had that, had an incredible, incredible moment. Like that summer 2016, the summer that people our age talk about and we'll probably talk about until the end of time, came out then. It was so big then. It was, you know you're still getting vine at that point. So you're still getting that vine little clip. A beautiful thing. And I think that for the moment, you know, the, the hook worth it all every single time. Like it's a, it's great to hear that hook, but listening back to the verses, listening back to the whole song, I'd much rather listen to reel it in. Um, 2018 was a good year for music too, honestly. And, and that came out then. And yeah, I listened to them both a couple of times this morning just to, just to prepare for this. And I mean, I could see myself putting reel it in on a playlist now, still playing it now. And Caroline, I'm definitely not doing that. So I'll do, I think, yeah, I definitely prefer Reel It In. Yeah, I, I'm going to, I'm going to um, disagree. I'm going to say Caroline, um, just for, on the mere fact that in 2016, Amine is an, a rapper who isn't really known that well. And like many rappers in 2016, they get one big hit, and in this case, Caroline, and then all of a sudden they're known nationally. Um, obviously what you do after that um, is really, that's really been the difference between rappers coming out now versus in 2016 we've seen a lot of rappers who get that first hit in 2016 and then they go on to do bigger and greater things Amine being one of them um so just understanding the impact that it had on Amine's career also additionally the music video um I still can remember Amine in that drop top classic car just driving down um what I assume is Portland I'm not really sure um but just a classic time from 2016. And I will be on my deathbed saying, hey, grandkid, come here and let me tell you about 2016. So um, that is definitely something I will be doing. But all right, after this commercial break, we will be talking about Keitranada and Amine's Keitramine. <laughs> I pronounced that <it> right. 
Yo, this Young Lil album is the best of all time. I can't wait to talk to Taylor about it, man. This is going to be the greatest thing ever. Yo, Yo what's good, Taylor? How you doing? I hate this album. Do you have to clean your ears first? What's my girlfriend said everything I play in the car scares her. She said I lost all my taste. Clearly. And I, I need your help. Well, what am I supposed to do about it? You want me to order you Q-tips? No, I need hoodies. I need a beanie. I need t-shirts. I need you to help. All right, I'll see what I can do. I can send you this beanie, but everything else we're going to have to see. Introducing the 2023 Old Milk Collection. This collection comprised of hoodies, t-shirts, beanies, and stickers designed by Nate Sperlin is guaranteed to show everyone your superior style and taste. Man, I hope Taylor doesn't scare the viewers with that bummy outfit. Oh, Yo, bummy outfit today. Look at that. No, I'm much better. The album's sounding better. Everything is better. All thanks to Old Milk. Rush over to oldmilk.co to shop the 2023 Old Milk Collection today. All right, welcome back to the Cat Podcast. This is episode 402. And on this episode, we will be discussing Catramine by Amine and Catranada. That is 11 tracks, 34 minutes long, featuring Freddie Gibbs, Pharrell Williams, Big Sean, Amare, and the legend, the GOAT, Snoop Dogg. Share your opinion of Catramine. In the comments below, I should probably say it like five times just so I can get it down like a tongue twister. But anyway, um, Taylor, what were your first thoughts on Kajamine? Yeah, so I was I was excited for this project coming out. I mean, it's two artists that have always been more on my periphery in terms of what I'm listening to, what I'm really checking for all the time. Obviously, Amine and Kajanada are stamped for the generation that you and I really, really came up in. Like they are part of it. They're undeniably part of it. And and they've both been doing their thing for a long time now. I mean, it doesn't feel like a long time, but compared to, I mean, me and you, freshman in college, as opposed to three years out, like, you know what I mean? It, it, they've both been doing their thing for a long time. So I was excited for it. I love, I love, love, love albums that are one producer, one artist. I think that's the best way to get a project. And especially at 11 tracks, 34 minutes, like you already know, I love that length. I love that. Like, that's perfect. That's that's exactly what I'm looking for. And this album lived up to exactly what I was what I was expecting. I think that the production is great the whole way through. I like the production on every song. I think that there's a nice variety in the production. I think that some of the beats are a little surprising almost. Some of them almost feel a little like more like classic than I almost expected. There's some mm -hmm. of them that really like like that samples with the drums like and just paced in a way that I, I wouldn't have expected from from both these artists. I kind of expected more of a little bit like a, I don't know how to describe it necessarily, but there's a certain texture and a certain feeling that I was expecting from this album that's a little more like modern, almost a little more like kind of like quicker in and out, a little more song based as opposed to like super, super like rap based. And I was pleasantly surprised by the space that Keitronata gave Amine to really, really like show what he has as a rapper. And I was, I was, really impressed by the raps especially in the first half of this album the first half to me is better than the second half but overall i really like this project um i've been listening to it you know a bunch since it came out and yeah so i think it's an impressive project by two really solid artists that have like some some really like star-studded appearances on this like it's not like you know small name features it's like a lot of big name features on this which i think play their part super well yeah um when you first told me about, first of all, I had no idea this album came out until you told me about it, but I'm glad that you did because this is one of the best albums that I've heard um, this year out of, I mean, well, it's been a dry year and we've talked about it before, but like, this is one of the best albums I've heard so far this year. Um, 
I think that this is a really, really smart idea from Amine and Keijanada because um, when you think about Amine, you think of a certain sound. When you think about Keijanada, you also think of a certain sound. And I think that their ability to blend their sounds together shows how versatile these two artists can be. And because of that, I think that you come out with a better um, a better appreciation for both Keijanada and Amine. Um, I love the way, just talking about the production, I love the way that some of these songs close out. Like on certain songs, Amine's verse ends or the end of Amine's vocals for the song happen. And then Keijanada kind of switches it up and gets back into his, um, I wouldn't say really, well, Afrobeat, some of them are Afrobeat, some of them are like house, um, his main bag, if you will. Um, and I really appreciate that. I think that the way that those songs close really, really add an underrated layer to the album. Um, I also think that releasing it right now on May 19th, um, very, very good decision. Summer's around the corner. It's about to be sunny. Everybody wants to be outside and this is the perfect album. First of all, Cajunada's music is mainly for people who want to be outside or mainly for people who like to go to the function and stuff like that. Um, and Amine's, like when you think about Caroline, when you think about other songs by him, you kind of think about specifically Caroline. Maybe I'm just thinking about Caroline, but you think about like being outside and stuff like that too. So for them to come together to join forces to create a summer album is really, really smart. Um, and those are really my initial thoughts before we start getting into like songs that we want to talk about. Yeah, I think I think that's that's a perfect way to look at it too. Like this is a summer album. I think even from the cover, I mean them like on the on like the pool chairs, it looks like, you know what I mean? And like mm -hmm. the Trackless like too. super bright, bright colors, the the suit like blue background with the the yellow, the yellow text on it. I think that this this album is just packaged so perfectly and really, really was given to us in a way that's like all right, this is some album. This is two artists who have very, like you said, unique sounds. They have very distinct sounds and their own sounds. And it's like, all right, how are we going to put these two together? And it's not a combination I ever had thought of before. Yeah. But once it was like announced and the buzz started generating before the album came out, I was like, oh, that's perfect. Like these, of course, these two artists are are working together to put a whole project together. And I like what you said about kind of like how some of these tracks close because it allows the producer in this case, Cage Trinata, but when that happens in, in other albums similar to this, it allows the producer to put their mark on the album in a way that's like, all right, this is a Cage Trinata and Amine album. It's not just like an Amine album that was produced by Cage Trinata. It's like, no, like you have the moments where it's like, no, let me let me show what I can do. And I also, I mean, I even like that. Cage Trinata has vocals on this too in, yeah. in, in multiple different places. And I really like that. I think that's important to have those fingerprints on on the album in a way that's more than just making the beats like examples of that when i think of it the biggest one is is anytime alchemist works with action bronson like they always have these little interludes where you're getting to hear you know alchemist and action and mayhem loren and big body like you know like out to dinner like talking and like wait staff and then they're in the studio and so you get the full feeling you're like you can you can put yourself into the you can put yourself into the recording situation. You can put yourself into the the ideas process. And even though we don't know exactly what it looked like or sounded like, the product here gives you a great window into where both of these guys were when they're making this project. Agreed. Um, let's get into some songs that we like. Um, I want to talk about, let's talk about it first. Um, I First of all, Amine's verse, when he says, y'all boys change up more than Cat's voices, meaning Carl Anthony Towns' voices. Um, I, that's I a really good that. line. That's a really, really good line. I uh, knew you would love that. But additionally, uh, I thought that the feature on here, um, Spready, I mean, excuse me, Freddie Gibbs um, would be, well, I thought he had a good feature. Um, I thought that 
the pace of the beat really aided to Freddie's strengths. Um, I think that Freddie's, I think Freddie's strengths really show more when he's able to get that rap, that fast rapping pace that he gets and the beat on. Let's talk about it. It's perfect. Um, Forever is produced by Pharrell. Um, halfly produced by Pharrell. Obviously, Kajanada has production credits on it as well. But the reason why I know is because Pharrell starts the song by saying that means forever four times. You know what that means. Pharrell produced this beat. And just to make sure, I looked at the production credits. Well, I obviously look, obviously always look at the production credits, but just to make sure, you know, Pharrell has production credits on that song. Um, West Side's beat is a really good beat. I think that's the first really sense of hip hop that we get or full hip hop that we get from the album. Um, it carries out further because um, when we get to KNA, the outro track, what a, a tremendous outro track. Um, uh, it kind of the way that Amine raps on that beat and the way that the, the soulfulness of the beat as well, how that those two pair together kind of reminds me of early Drake. Um, I really, really appreciated that. Um, and Master P gave me a whole new appreciation for Amine's pen. Um, for example, when Amine says, this, this is really three bars, but he makes two movie references in here, and I love that. Um, Amine clicks mute when these niggas get vocal. I'm a deadbeat dad, so my sons want attention. Daddy don't care. I ain't Eddie to these children. So Amine clicks mute when these niggas get vocal is a reference to Adam Sa Adam Sandler's uh, um, movie, excuse me, uh, Click. I don't remember when they came out, probably like the early 2000s or late 1900s. It was like, yeah, 2005, 2006. Okay, so around there. And then Daddy K Care came around around that same time as well. Um, and Daddy Don't Care, I Ain't Eddie to These Children um, is a reference to Daddy Daycare, um, a movie. Um, one of Eddie Murphy's last like real blockbuster movies, but I appreciated that as well. So I, I really appreciate how, because the first time when we I listened to this album, I was like, okay, this is good. But you kind of put it in my head that it would be like, is it like a first time listen fluke that this album is good or is this album really good? And listening to it the second time and having the lyrics up as I'm reading so I can read it as I'm listening to it um, really, really shows how talented Amine is with his bars. And I just gained a whole new appreciation for both artists, Keitronada and Amine and Keitronada, if they want to make more music, which they probably should. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was... I've always known Amine can rap like this, but I think that a lot of his focus was probably elsewhere. Um, I think it was on. It's it's hard to describe sometimes, and I I put it in my brain as like certain songs are like based around a hook, and certain songs are like based around verses, or certain songs are based around like moments for you to remember, and certain songs are based on like the verses that you need to go and listen to, and like there's moments within the verses you remember, but really it's like all right, I want to hear that again, mm -hmm. and I think that there's a stretch on this project right in the middle where it's like West side masterpiece and rebuke where it's like, no, this is, this is him sitting down. And I, I wrote in my notes, like he started a couple of verses on this album where, where he's just like, look. And I think that once you hear that from a rapper, you're like, all right, we're getting something right now. Like, you know what I mean? Like you are getting a, a verse verse. Like this is not going to be like a couple, like, you know, little nimble lines in and out, in and out, in and out, back to the bridge or back to the hook. It's like, no, like, sit down with me you're getting more than eight you're getting more than 16 like sit down with me and listen to what i have to say and i think sometimes he hits it in this project and there's this definitely this like sense of comfort and this sense of ownership of his pen on this which is like it just really blew me away because i wasn't expecting that from this project mm -hmm. i know he's capable of it. i knew he was capable of it but i was not expecting it on this project i was expecting a lot of songs like like sauce up where mm -hmm. it's kind of like this super like melodic like you know what i mean almost like 
it's just melodic it's meant for something other than like the real like dusty hip-hop heads to be like all right here we are and that's my kind of music like you know that i like i, I don't hide that like that's my favorite kind of music so to really see him hear him be like look and then say something like that's that was amazing because and, and that's what i mean where like cage not really surprised me with like some of just like the more like traditional classic hip hop beats that came out of this, as opposed to like his normal lane, which has gotten him so far and is so nice to listen to and so successful to really hear like two guys who I've never really expected that from to be like, no, we're going to like, like, give me the soul sample, give me the drums and I'm just going to go. And that was like super, super refreshing and super surprising for me to hear, but it was definitely a pleasant surprise. Agreed. Um, Do you want to get into favorite tracks? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I can go first. I have them. And mine's right. pretty mine's pretty simple. Mine are all in order. Yes. Mine are uh from, song from, number from six. least from least good to best good. Most good. All right. So here. So these songs That's do good. fall in order in the album. It's okay. three, four, five, six. Mm-hmm. My my favorite song on this project, or no, here, I'll go the opposite way. Uh Master P would be number four for me. Okay. Rebuke would be number three. Mm-hmm. And then two and one were really tough for me to decide. But I think that forever or forever, you know, I always feel weird sometimes like reading the song title when it's the way it's sung, because it's like just saying it sounds so like, it's like, I guess, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Forever with Pharrell. I love Pharrell on the hook. I love like you you can really feel Pharrell's fingerprints on that. And I think he does he sings it super well. And then Amine like brings the verses in and out of that song so well. But I do think that is number two for me because Westside, like you said, that was like the the super, super hip hop track. And even like his ad libs on the hook, like the there one where he says like like burr and then he does the thing with his like lips. And it's like it's kind of like silly. You know what I mean? Like normally mm-hmm. that would be like silly on a song. It'd be like, oh, it, but somehow it's like, damn, like that's kind of like that's kind of tough. That's kind of like, you know what I mean? And it happened. <laughs> Can you do that hook. again? Yeah, right. Exactly. And so, so Westside is number one for me. And I think that, I think that it's so cool that he's from Portland and sometimes you forget that like Portland, Seattle, Sanford, like Westside doesn't just mean LA and you Mm -hmm. can, when, sometimes when you get reminded of that, you're like, all right, like there is more to it. And so that song really stood out to me for that reason. And, And yeah, that's my favorite on the album. That was my favorite the first time I listened to it. And that's been my favorite every other time through. All right. Um, number four, I have Forever, uh, featuring Pharrell Williams. Love that song. Um, number three, I have Master P by Big Sean. Um, both both artists, uh, well, all three artists, uh, Big Sean, uh, Amine, and Keitronada have, they all pull their weight. They all do their thing to make a really good track. Number two, I have Let's Talk About It. Um, I sped up because it's like one word. Let's talk about it. Um, featuring Freddie Gibbs. Uh, Freddie Gibbs, once again, really good verse. Talked about it before. And finally, uh, last one, K&A. Um, I'm a sucker for a good outro. And this is a really, really good outro. Again, it reminds me of like 2010s Drake. Um, honestly, it reminds me of a 2010s Drake outro. Like kind of, it really hones in that feel. And if Amine sat down and in the making of K&A was like, I'm going to make a song that kind of feels like Drake in 2010. Like if that was his goal, I have, no, I pro- probably wasn't his goal, but if it was his goal, mission accomplished Amine, good job. Um, all right. Moving on to our last segment, we are going to rate this album based on our personal playback value, meaning how long we think we are going to listen to the album individually, and objective playback value, meaning how long we think everyone else is going to listen to the album. So, Taylor, what are your ratings for Amine and Keitronada's Keitronada? 
Yeah, so I think I'm definitely going to keep playing this a lot. Like, mm-hmm. I don't foresee this going anywhere. I don't have a timetable really for myself um, on this project. I think that this is this is a project that I will keep coming back to. This is a project that will end up in my rotation of albums that I listen to on a daily or weekly basis. You know, however I'm feeling, I think there's enough range on it where it's like, if I'm driving with the windows down, I can play some of the songs. If I'm just with the headphones in, like, you know, inside whatever there's songs that i can listen to that way so for me personally there's a ton of playback value here overall playback value overall billboard performance anything like that i'm not sure i mean i was on genius looking at the lyrics with my like third or fourth listen and and none of the songs were in the top 10 so i don't and that's not obviously a you know end all be all Mm -hmm. rating system but normally you can kind of tell like it's like all right people checking for this are people trying to like learn about this song or this this album rather um so I think that my playback value is definitely way higher than the the general playback value. And I would be, I don't know if shocked is the right word, but I would be surprised if it if it debuts top 40 on the top 200. Yeah. Um, my personal playback value is two weeks right now, probably because right now in New York City, it's rainy. And because of that, um, I can't go to the Mets game right now. So I have to wait till tomorrow to do it. And I'm going to go to watch both games. But regardless, um, right now is two weeks. I can see myself... Um, maybe in mid-June, mid-July, stumbling across one of these songs and being like, this is a really good album and this is the time to listen to it. And then from there on, it being like a month or two months. Like I can see that happening, but as of right now today, I'll say two weeks. Um, And in terms of objective playback value, Taylor, I agree with you. I think it's probably going to be one week. Um, Really not because this isn't a good album, but again, because I don't really see much buzz around it. Um, And also there isn't really a true chart topping hit here for that will carry it and if there was it would probably be forever and that came out like a month ago so is the hype with that one song still there i'm not really sure so because of that one week um all right thank you for watching episode 402 of the cat podcast let us know uh, your opinion of Mine in the comments. Do us a favor, hit the like button and subscribe to the channel. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Old Milk Media. Once again, this beanie, you can get it at oldmilk.co. Check it out in the comments below. That is Taylor McLeod. I am Nate Sperlin. Thank you for watching, and we will be back for episode 403, where we talk about goodbye and good riddance by Juice Pro. Thanks for watching. Oh.